When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. They have won the Rachel Hayhoe Trophy. Well, haven't we witnessed some absolutely sensational test cricket? Ash Gardner, take a bow. Right, shall I just like. Are you alright? A fan of death. It's a celebration. Why are we celebrating, Nikki? First of all, I should say hello and welcome to Storylines, the women's cricket podcast. Why are we celebrating, Nikki? Oh, some really good news broke through this morning, hasn't it? I feel like you should tell everyone because I'm just going to get too excited and get my words in a twist. Well, very happy to say that Storylines, the women's cricket podcast, has been nominated for two sports podcast awards. Now, we kind of put our name in on a bit of a, you know, let's just see what happens. And the two we've been nominated for, I should probably specify as well, I'm getting up, is the best cricket podcast. There are some insane podcasts in this category. So the fact we started so recently, it's just, you know, the two of us and some wonderful guests, Nikki, and we're incredibly busy and disorganised and in general, I don't know how we've got this, but we have. And then the second category we've been nominated in is the Best Equality and Social Impact podcast, which I know me and you are just very, very happy about. Absolutely over the moon. And I just couldn't believe it. I'm still in shock, you know, when we got the message that all this has happened. And I think I just stood there being like, hang on. Wait, I someone pinched me. I need to process this because we're so new. So to be to be nominated for not just one, two podcast awards, it's crazy. And just to reference some of those podcasts, which I think particularly falls into that category of just social impact and ones which I know we're very proud of. We had that great episode with Cindy Butt speaking about the ICEC report, which we did follow up with an ICEC report celebration podcast, but that podcast was slightly more influenced by free wine. So it's not quite the standard of the first one. No further comments. And the fact that Nikki met Mark Nicholas. (laughs) 
and the fact Nikki met Mark Nicholas, which I did actually tweet out that photo of baby Nikki meeting Mark Nicholas on our Twitter account today at Storylines Pod. So have a look at that cute little photo. And then we had that episode with Kath Dalton where she spoke about her amazing coaching journey. And then so many others. We spoke with Dr. Sarah Fain of the MCC Foundation to talk about their incredible work across England and Wales and across the globe, really. We spoke to Dr. Tom Brown of Saka and speaking about the inclusion and participation of South Asian players throughout the pathway and also the impact of class within the English domestic playing structure. We also spoke to Thea Brooks about her life as a professional cricketer and how it's been since realising that her contract didn't get renewed and all of the mental health and physical elements of that. There are so many brilliant podcasts, which if you haven't listened to yet, go listen to. It's safe to say we've spoken to some pretty cool people this year. We have, and we're just hoping to kind of keep this going. You know, as you say, me and Nikki, like most podcasters, are balancing full-time jobs and out-of-job commitments as well. So, you know, to be able to get these kind of people to come on and speak to us, yeah, it's it's a, it's a proud... I think we're going to let ourselves feel proud, aren't we? I'm so proud. I'm so proud of us. I wish I could, like, give us a pat on the back. Well, you can give yourself. There we I, go. I just did. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I was going to say, that wasn't great podcast material if we both pat ourselves on the back and don't describe it. We are commentators. I feel like we should have said... She slowly reaches over across the front of her body with her right hand reaching over to the left shoulder, gives it a firmish pat. I'm also, I think, even more proud because I've finally come out of the other side of my kind of flu. And I've kind of got that post-flu mental wooziness, um, which makes everything ten times better because I'm kind of floating about at the moment. Think how Charlie's grandpa felt when he left the bed and Charlie in the chocolate factory for the first time to go to the chocolate factory. That's how I'm feeling right now. Safe to say you look much better than Charlie's grandpa. Thank you. That is such a low <laughs> bar. But I'm glad I look better than an older man, an older gentleman. That's that's great to hear. Now, some important information about these sports podcast awards, because they are voted for by our listeners. So as we mentioned, we're finalists in two categories just thank you so much again. But to vote, we're going to leave a bit of a description below in this podcast episode. And we're also going to release more details on social media. We have provided some links already. So you can go back and find those tweets. It is important that you can only vote once per email. So basically, pretty, 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 please use your vote, especially in that best equality and social impact podcast category that's a bit of a mouthful because we are only the the only exclusively cricket podcast in that category so please please put your votes through particularly for that and of course for best cricket podcast as well if you think we are the best cricket podcast we think so but we're biased so vote once per email it's a little bit of a faff we understand that but please do take this time it's one of the best ways you can support our podcast it's free it takes about one minute and it will do absolute wonders for us just being able to draw in and attract more guests and be able to keep delivering these kind of the the hard-hitting stories which we want to deliver upon and we have so so many ideas it's just about getting that kind of recognition that we can put these into action so please do use your vote me and Nikki have spoken about ways which we're going to try and get people to vote for us and I came up with the idea that if if you vote for us 
I will do a dare. I never say no to a dare, Nikki. I once ate an entire pebble because someone dared me to, despite the physical... Wait, what? And health repercussions. I ate a pebble. Someone dared me to, and I can't, I can't say no to dares. How do you chew a pebble? Well, I didn't. I swallowed it. Oh, my God. Melissa, you all right? So, no, not really. But if you vote for us, I won't necessarily eat a pebble again because I don't think that it was good for my health. But I will do something else. I'll do a handstand. She will do whatever it takes. Nikki will teach me uh, other languages and I will try and introduce the podcast in that language. I will, you know, we will do anything to entertain you guys and get your votes, which doesn't, you know, go really over the line of mental and physical humiliation slash torture. Producer Matt here. Please do not, I repeat, do not swallow a pebble just because you heard it on Storylines podcast. Please do not ingest anything that is not made for human consumption. Thank you for all your support and please do vote for us. Now back to the girls. How does that sound? (laughs) Basically, please, please, please go vote for us. You know how much it means to us. It would mean the absolute world if you could spare a few seconds to go click vote. And finalist for the Best Equality and Social Impact podcast as well. Thank you so much, guys. Now, we do have a bit of breakdown to do post the England-India test. I know we're a few days late, but as already mentioned, I've been a little bit ill. And unfortunately, when you lose your voice, it doesn't quite play into podcasting material but from what we saw and what everyone knows India executed a a pretty insane beating of England it was a record for India against England in tests I've seen so many annoying articles Nikki saying England slipped away or they just fell short of a test match win no they didn't they got annihilated please just celebrate India's accomplishments when they do well. I I hate this kind of denial of England were close. I think that's very much the British media, right? The soft British media. It's like, oh, they participated, they played. It wasn't too bad. But no, you were thrashed. And it was quite embarrassing. 347 record margin. Like, mate, you have work to do. And I think Raf Nicholson of the Cricket Herd podcast put out a really good article as well, kind of saying that Everything that happened post the test match, particularly from the England players, Heather Knight in that press conference, was very in denial about everything which happened as if just being like, well, yeah, we won the T20 series. That's great. You did. We're not taking away from the achievement of that. And that was really big for this England team to win that T20 series. Of course, in India, the pitch did turn less. It was much more of a a shorter format kind of good batting surface. But they did win the T20 series. That was good. But don't suddenly say or pretend you you know, you didn't care as much about the test with the T20 World Cup coming up next year. Like you do, everyone advocates for more test matches for women. So just admit that you were not good enough. I think it takes a lot to swallow pride though, right? So to admit, and it's also, I think it is embarrassing. It, it, you must feel humiliated in that at that point, right? Yeah. And I, I think as well that, again, it, maybe it's just excuses and falling into that category and most of British media are always going but oh but oh but you know this kind of thing of you know saying England don't play that much domestic multi-day cricket England didn't have much time to prepare after the t20s but 
India were in the exact same boat. And when you look at how they composed themselves across the test match, you know, I think we spoke about it last time, but I cannot wait for this test match against Australia now because I genuinely think that the technique which the Indian players, you know, displayed is going to make this this upcoming test match so much more of a spectacle, hopefully, than this England-India one. Yeah, definitely. It's going to be literally a really intense test match. And I think that's what you want when you want two teams at par with each other. I think that's when it gets more exciting as well. Like, obviously, in the white ball game it is, but like in red ball cricket, when it's a like for like playing against each other, then it just does make it a bit more intense and exciting to watch, especially as a spectator. But just to go on and say, like, obviously, England did lose that match, but to lose that match and then create a world record by losing that game of the record margin of 347 runs victory for India. The previous highest winning margin of runs in a women's test match was 309. And this was back in 1998. It was by Sri Lanka against Pakistan. So it's like, we lost a game, we were humiliated, and we've made a brand new record because we lost so badly. What were you doing in 1998, Nikki? I think I was still in the womb. Depends what month it was. Oh, well, this is the kind of investigative... Investigative? Oh, again, I've tried to say a word I don't know how to say. <laughs> investigate... Investigative. Investigative. Is that it? Yeah. Let's... Yeah, yeah. This is the kind of journalism, essentially, I needed you to look into. Because I know what I was doing in 1998... I was not existing. I was probably very happy. <laughs> well, that peaked soon. <laughs> oh gosh, it's been a long day at work. Now, there's a few questions for this England side which came out of this test, of course, celebrating the achievements of India and keeping an eye on this Australia-India test match, which I'd like to think we'll have a bit of a chat on afterwards, even though it's Nikki's two favourite teams going up against each other. And we learnt this Ashes in the summer, you know, she loves the Australian team, Nikki and the Australian team up in the tree, K-I-S-S-I-N-G, all of that. <laughs> the whole team. Um, I've just found out I was actually... I was born, so I was alive. I was probably just, like, sleeping in a cot somewhere in India. That sounds lovely. That does sound like a lovely existence. I'm just, like, minding my own business, drinking my milk and sleeping, catching up on all that beauty sleep that I need. Who knew what life was going to throw at us, right? Who knew that we'd be nominated for two sports podcasting awards? Now, questions about this England team... In terms, I, I've seen a few and we got even more questions sent in after we recorded last podcast. We'll go back and look at some of those. But one question I saw being kind of thrown around was about Amy Jones. And, you know, even though not kind of the obvious kind of look, someone said that she's averaging 12 in test matches. Obviously not the best reflection because England don't play that many test matches. But is there a bit of a you know tendency to make someone quite unquestioned in all forms? In the sense that doing the need to almost explore, you know, a wicket keeper for the longer format, for the shorter format, or does the skill of her keeping mean that she gets in the side? Some people have been asking about Dunkley's form. Some people questioning Kate Cross's form and whether she should have been selected in that test match. There's a lot of questions. Where where did England start, Nikki? I think when you lose a match, that's when people ask questions, right? When everything's going well and you're winning, no one really seems to ask questions because you're just going with the flow. You don't really tend to sit back and still look into the intricacies. I think I've said that right. Intric- intric- 
can they take back our podcast award because we can't say words? That's what I'm slightly worried about. When they look into detail, that's an easier word. When they look into detail, um, you don't do that, right? When you win a match, like very rarely would you still say, actually, that was good, but what could be better? And I think obviously when you lose, that all gets highlighted a lot more. And I think when you lose by that margin, you know there is more to it than it was just someone's off day. I don't think it's just test matches, any re- any game, any series, but I think because it was a one-off test match and I think there was a lot of, ex- a lot of expectation for a lot of expectations for England as well, looking at the side they've taken, look at the young talent that they've been screaming off the top of their head about and saying that they were willing to take on the challenge in India. And when you, I think, set the bar so high and you create this atmosphere and then to really just see that all go shattering down, it's going to make you wonder, right? Yeah, and I think for England... You know, it's going to be looking forward to their next international cricket, which I believe is in March against New Zealand. They're playing some white ball cricket there. And of course, this entire next year, 2024, England don't have any test matches scheduled. I think the next women's test match is that one between Australia and South Africa in February. And I guess England, you know, it's a long way in the future, but looking towards that series against New Zealand, New Zealand are also a team, a very young team. They've still got some of those more experienced players who are so important to them and they rely on them a lot. But it it might be a bit of a good match for England to say, look, this is going to be the battle of the youth here between England and New Zealand. And just maybe try and really find their identity because all this talk of John Ball... And, you know, being having the same aggressive mindset as Basball, I think Basball can also make that mistake of just saying all out aggression. And they almost erase that need to think and analyse the situation. And it can get ahead of itself because it's the whole kind of hype of Basball. And I just I don't want John Ball to become that as well and just say all out attack, whatever the situation. Don't forget, you know what cricket is all about in a way of you know assessing the situation looking at the context of a game and playing it accordingly god i sound so boring nikki i need to leave the house i haven't left in house in five days and i already sound like a spawn of jeffrey boycott which is not a good thing oh my goodness no but i think i do agree with you but i think even the questions that have been posed about basball i would still be able to cut it some slack because the England men players, they've played a lot more test cricket. So I think experience-wise, they can still have a bit of leave, like leeway with how they go about it. And obviously, they've got the experience. They know how test match cricket works. And I think it's safe to say that I think the women are still trying to discover it. They haven't played enough to actually, I think, to be, in, like, in a, to be well in tune with the format. So... Um, also, what did you say? John Ball? Is that what, I don't think that works well. Okay, I'm not the one who invented John Ball. I didn't wake up this morning and say, let's come up with a slightly less good version of Basball. I think there's a lot more he can play into with a name like John. But this is just what the press have been using. It's just, it's just what they've been saying. It's not me. I promise, Nikki. So before Melissa turns into Jeffrey Boycott and rants on about how we should be playing more Test Match cricket and the shambolic defeat of England against India 
there is some more entertaining cricket to talk about. And it's currently taking place in Spain, in sunny Spain. And the European Cricket Network have announced that they're launching a T10 Women's European Cricket Championship. It's currently, like, it's all started. I'm not sure if you've seen Mel, but they've got Spain, the Netherlands, France, Italy, Austria, Austria and um, an England 11 as well. And I think there's some of the Vipers players involved. There's a couple of Thunder players involved. I think there's some ex-Sussex um, women's players involved. It's It looks fun. I'll be honest with you. I would have loved to go. It does. I mean, you mentioned some of those names. You've got Kiara Green, Maddie Ward, Rhea Fackrell, Millie Taylor, Casty McCarthy, and who I used to play with as well. And I mean, Sachi Pai got some runs the other day, didn't she? Yeah, I think Sachi Pai was player of the match in one of them. She got 50 odd and it's just, it just looks like some fun. It does and fun, particularly for the Netherlands player, Iris Willing. I hope I pronounced that right, Iris, who hit 102 not out off 36 balls, which I think everyone said was the first century in women's t10 cricket 102 of 36 balls my mind's blown that is pretty ridiculous it is mind-blowing and the fact that this tournament it's six days 23 games being played across the six days it's really intense i remember when i was out there for the men's rome edition um it was so hectic but it was so much fun um it's a marathon campaign for the five teams and yeah, I've been seeing clips on socials and it's making me very jealous. Should we volunteer ourselves next time? Should we do a collaboration with the European Cricket Network for next year when they have their second edition of the women's tournament and we can be sat in sunny Malaga with a sangria and a mic in front of us podcasting live? See, so you went for the podcasting angle. I was thinking like, let's get a women's podcasting team out there. I'm sure we can recruit like Polly Starkey, Georgie Heath. It would take a lot of convincing maybe for Alex Hartley and Kate Cross to come along. But we could have a go. We could give it a shot. Loosen the arm, Alex. Back to the cricket pitch for you. But also the idea of sitting on the side of a sangria sounds quite nice as well. So maybe your option's a little bit better. Yeah, I'll probably go with the sangria. That's okay. That's in all fairness. But yeah, keep up to date with that if you want some fun. They're posting lots of tweets on their Twitter account as well. And again, a massive congratulations to Iris because that century is just pretty insane. Thank you for listening to this episode of Storylines, the women's cricket podcast, nominated for two sports podcasting awards. We're never going to stop living that down. And even if we don't win anything, guys, we're going to put nominated in our bio. But please, as we said again, take just one minute of your time to put in a vote for us in the two categories. All of the details below in this podcast and on our Twitter at Storylines Pod and we'll be posting stuff on Instagram as well at Storylines Pod. It's the same handle, it makes things easy. But for now, thank you so much for listening. This entire year it's been so much fun bringing you the Ashes Dailies, updates of the Sri Lanka tour and lots of interviews with so many brilliant guests. I've had a lot of fun and I can't wait to bring it even more to you in 2024, Nikki. Well, not to you, but to everyone. But technically to you because I'm talking to you yeah we've had so much fun and to think we just started the podcast this year and to all the amazing people we've spoken to like 2024 is just going to be bigger better and I can't wait so happy holidays to everyone listening and to serenade you into the new year this was not my plan here you go 
if things go right, Matt's gonna fade us out so you don't have to listen to us do the entire song. Three, two, one. We, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Christmas. We wish <laughs> you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And a Happy New Year. <laughs> it really works well when you're in two entirely different continents, doesn't it? And my Wi-Fi is terrible, so I'm so out of sync. <laughs> Podcast Network.